Hello and welcome back to season two of Alan and Ovary's launch, this time recorded remotely. My name is Bianca Vasilake, and I will be your host on the podcast for demystifying the process of getting into law and exploring both the opportunities you will have in your legal career and, of course, what that career might take you. Today's episode is how to turn your vacation scheme into a training contract. And some of you might remember that in season one of this podcast, we dedicated three episodes to application advice, from pre-application experience to the written application, skills tests, and the assessment center. So this time round, we thought we would go one step further and seek some tips and advice on what to do once you get on the actual vacation scheme. And in order to do just that, I have with me Josh Cohen, a second C trainee who studied law at the University of Birmingham, Charlotte Page, another second C trainee who studied geography at the University of Durham, and after getting a master's in development studies and economics, took a few years to work in HR and with a tech startup, and last but definitely not least, Emma Barker, a graduate recruitment specialist who runs the ANO first year schemes and vacation schemes. Thank you all for joining me. Thank Hi. you very much, Bianca. Awesome. And just to delve straight into it, and before we actually turn to the advice on the topic, what are the benefits of completing a vacation scheme in the first place prior to joining a law firm? Maybe Charlotte, if you can start on this one. Sure. So I think because I had never done law before, the main thing that was beneficial about VAC scheme is actually deciding whether I wanted to do it. So obviously I'd done HR and tech and things like that before. And I think it's like any work experience at any company, it's just really helpful to decide if that's the career you want to go into long term. And then also the thing that I thought was really helpful was actually making friends on the scheme. If you end up doing that training contract, when you start the LPC, it's nice to have some pals. You get to know each other really well. So it feels less daunting sort of going into the GDL, LPC, all that kind of stuff, because you know some of the people before you start. So yeah, I'd say those are the two uh, kind of main benefits that I found doing one. Josh, do you have anything to add on that? I'm conscious your experience is a bit different because you studied law in university. Yeah, so for me, I always felt I was going to go into law. So I didn't have that same test that I think Charlotte had. But for me, the most important and the biggest benefit was actually the people that I got to meet whilst at the firm, which I just don't think you get the same opportunity if you just kind of are looking online or attending an open day. So for example, at ANO on our VAC schemes, we're all assigned a trainee buddy. And when I joined the firm, I looked up my buddy to see where he was, and he turned out to be in my first seat. So through that, he served as a de facto mentor through my first seat and was able to help answer any of my annoying first seat trainee questions that I had. And those, I don't think they were annoying. <laughs> they were for him, I'm sure. And those connections are much easier to make and bridge when you actually get to experience a VAC scheme and it's much harder to do otherwise and it's as Charlotte says you get to make friends Charlotte and I were actually on the same VAC scheme so it was really helpful when we started together being friends and knowing each other and meeting partners and people all around who are able to give you advice as they've been through the same process as you so I think for me that was what I found to be the main benefit. 
So with that in mind, how do you prepare for your vacation scheme? And is there anything you wish you would have done differently? So I think there are lots of different ways to prepare. But the main thing I tried to do was to learn as much about the firm and as about the department as I possibly could. I wanted to be able to ask questions that were interesting to me and make the most of the opportunity in front of me. So I sat in our corporate department. So I did a lot of research going into the scheme about how transactions work and how lawyers kind of fit into that process just to try and ensure that I was able to ask the best questions and make sure that my time there wasn't wasted. And it's also kind of useful just to know the kind of cases or deals that the people you're interacting with are doing. It shows you have an interest. And I think that reflects really well on you. What I didn't really know so much going into the scheme is just about the different assessments you have. So on our scheme at ANO, we had a writing assessment, which was drafting. And I kind of wish I'd looked into that a bit more, possibly asked previous schemers, because I think my drafting was pretty poor then. Hopefully it's a bit better now. But I would have just liked to look at the different assessment factors going into the scheme, just to feel a bit more confident when you do those assessments. I mean, it's nothing too stressful, but it's just good to have a bit of that extra boost on your side. And because you mentioned the assessment, you were during the vacation scheme, you found out you had to do this written assessment you didn't actually prepare for. What did you do then? So actually, Emma... Proving that resilience. <laughs> <laughs> Emma actually talked us through it. And when it came to it, I think... A good thing to do, which I did in preparation for the task on the day, was to ask around people in the firm, people in my department, if they had any tips, how they draft and what they look for when drafting. Just obviously as a uni student, which most VAC schemers are, you haven't had the opportunity to draft so much. So to ask lawyers who do it day in and day out what they're actually looking for, I think that helped give me a good kind of base for when I actually tackled the challenge itself. I think that makes perfect sense. Charlotte, how did you prepare for the vacation scheme and for the written assessment, I guess? Especially because you had done quite a lot of work experience, but it wasn't law related. So I assume that the way you approached it was a bit different. In terms of the assessments, I was completely unprepared for the written tasks, I have to say. And yet you did incredibly well. Oh, no, I don't know. I think on this particular written task we had to do, I, yeah, it was probably my downfall, I have to be honest. I actually found it quite stressful because I had no knowledge of law and I think we were asked to amend some clauses. The grad team were great. They kind of reassured us that it wasn't the end of the world and you weren't going to be judged on your legal knowledge. But it did give me a good taste of what was to come as a trainee because you are kind of expected to quite often just do things without much preparation and sometimes flying by the seat of your pants, but it is quite fun. So yeah, I didn't really prepare much for the written assessments. And then the group presentation things we did together as a team, and that was just really fun. It wasn't kind of something you need to overly prepare for at all. So yeah, it was pretty hands-off in terms of preparation. It's just about reacting to stuff in the week and not stressing about it too much. 
And how about before the vacation scheme? Josh mentioned that he researched the department that he was going to be in. He looked into the people that he was going to work with. Did you do something similar? And do you have any other suggestions for our future VAC schemers? Sure. I think I did very similar things to Josh as well. I think some of my prep was probably quite like uni. It was completely unrelated to law. It was more about getting ready for office life. It's kind of about adapting to a corporate environment. So I did quite superficial things. Like I made sure I had a nice work coat. I think I bought my first (laughs) fitted suit. I made sure I had an umbrella in case it rained in the morning. I just made sure I knew how to get there with enough time. He's contact if I had any issues, all that kind of stuff that I think you sort of forget to do. And I just made sure I had a long list and made sure that I had everything prepped on that front. And I actually did no reading at all on capital markets, which was where I sat So it was a bit of a surprise when I got there and it was all about derivatives. So I probably could have done a bit more prep on the actual law itself. I think one tip, again, I didn't do, but I think it would have been really helpful would be to prep a few talking points for the talks that you attend when you're on the back scheme. Especially, I think we have like a, I don't know if this still happens, but a chat with the managing partner of the firm. And I wish that I prepped a few more questions for that because I was completely silent. So yeah, just some talking points, especially when it's with more senior people would be quite good just so you can show interest and really get the most out of those sessions. So I think if we are to summarize the key tips for future vacation schemers, it would be research the department that you're going in, the people you're going to work with. Do a bit of preparation in terms of the questions you're going to ask on the different talks that you're going to have during the vacation scheme. And don't forget the very practical part, the admin things, such as how do I get to the office? What happens if my tube is delayed? Because those are the things that make that first impression that is very difficult to change, I think. So with that in mind, both of you have mentioned a few things you have done on the vacation scheme, a few tasks, group exercises, talks. I was wondering, Emma, if you could maybe break down how the vacation schemes are usually organized and what activities vacation schemers have to do. So I'd probably split it into three core areas. So social networking and learning opportunities. So social... Those are very fun, the social ones. That actually does have a purpose. It's so that you can get to know your peers and because you sit in different departments if this is a sort of in-person scheme. So it does break down those barriers because you might have studied at different universities and may not have met in the interview process or before and it's also just informal opportunity to get to know people from the firm and talk about their career and things like that but also common interests or whatever it may be because I guess you're going to work potentially long hours at the firm and getting to know people that support you as a trainee or might be in like-minded groups or networks at the firm is really useful to start and that ties in with networking because I guess one of the key opportunities of the VAT scheme is to build your own network. So lots of the activities aimed at doing that. And then I guess the key one is there's learning opportunities. So there'll be skills sessions or talks to increase your knowledge about the sector or about particular practice areas. And then there'll be like real life work experience where you shadow a trainer and you get to experience the workload or a week in the life of a trainee and what tasks may come your way, challenges and there's clients and time pressures that you sort of work with as a trainee. And I guess that is perhaps the most valuable because 
that sort of insight you can't gain from the website as such. And I guess the social networking does link also to an insight into our culture. So how comfortable you feel, how inclusive it is, how you do realise there's probably people with similar interests at the firm, which probably make you then feel more comfortable in like potentially joining there in the future. So it's not all just fun. But yeah, we just try and strike the balance between the two because I do think the culture aspect is almost as big as the commercial law aspect. So given that you have very different opportunities to stand out. You have the actual legal work experience, the social aspect, you have the networking aspect. I was wondering, maybe for Josh and Charlotte, how can a VAC schemer stand out from the crowd and express an interest in a training contract with a firm? Maybe Charlotte can take this one first. Okay, so I would say my number one tip would be get to the office early, which sounds really obvious, (laughs) but it was like the golden hour. It was just great because you go in at, say, like 8 a.m. or something, and you might be a bit tired from a social event the night before on the back scheme, but it's definitely worth it because that tends to be when the partners come in early on to kind of get their work done before client stuff starts up. So I found that when I went in early, all the partners, as they walked down the corridor, would like come in and say hi. And you kind of get this one-to-one time with them that you don't get later on in the day when things are in full swing. So that would definitely be my biggest tip. Another thing that worked well was just, I think Josh talks about this earlier, just really getting to know the trainees who are in that department well, because they'll invite you to team meetings or kind of take you under their wing. So if you can do that early on, that's great. Yeah, I think that's probably my main tips. But I think in terms of things that didn't work well for me were I was initially quite nervous to talk to people. I think I'm probably more of an introverted personality type. And I was quite worried about the stereotypical lawyer personality, I guess, of the stereotype being pushy and aggressive, etc. And I think, like Emma said, the firms actually just really wanted diversity and personality So it's just important to stay relaxed and show natural interest. And if you do that, I think you'll excel. You'll do well. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think that's what worked well for me as well. Other than the 8 (laughs) a.m. coming in, I'm definitely not a morning person. (laughs) So I didn't really do that. But how about you, Josh? What did you do to stand out? And what other tips do you have for our listeners? For me, I think there were several ways where one can stand out. I really found the socials were a really good way to make yourself known. We went to Bounce, the table tennis bar on our VAC scheme, and we had a very competitive doubles table tennis tournament. Emma was getting involved. <laughs> everyone was getting involved. I think like showing that you're really normal and kind of a down-to-earth person who's not super stressed about the VAC scheme, particularly at a firm. Even though you are, you just... You know, have to look yeah, like you, you're not. You, you, it's always, it's always semi-stressful. Well, it's always very stressful um, knowing you're kind of performing for the VAC scheme. But to try and enjoy it as much as you can really shows yourself to be someone that would be a good member of a team and someone people will enjoy working with. So yeah, I really enjoyed the socials and I thought they were a really good opportunity. As you guys mentioned before, people from the firm usually join. So again, it's a really good way to expand your network. But then throughout the week, whilst you're actually in the department, being as enthusiastic as possible, trying to offer to help in any way you can. We were encouraged to kind of do uh, mini coffee meetings with people in different departments to try to again meet as many people and show you're interested 
because when you're starting out and you haven't actually spent much or any time in a firm, it's kind of hard to tell which department you're really interested in. So to be able to kind of go around and meet several different people from different departments, it shows you're really interested wider than just saying, I've picked this department because I've read about something to do with that in the Financial Times. It really shows you to be willing to look into how you can best achieve from that week and best learn. 8am starts, as Charlotte said, sometimes 8.30, you know, just a few minutes, <laughs> a few minutes before your supervisor's fine. If you notice they're in at nine, 8.55 is fine in my eyes. But yeah, I think the main thing is to kind of be as enthusiastic and have the best attitude possible, whether it be the socials, a talk or in the actual work you're doing. And I think that's the best way to kind of show you're really interested and keen in converting your VAC scheme into a training contract. And with those tips in mind, Emma, what are the criteria that you use for selecting the training contract offer holders? And I think another question that our listeners would be interested in is whether there is any cap on the number of training contract offers that can be made. Well, I'll take your second point first. So no, there isn't. We have the potential to offer everyone a place on the scheme. So we hope that that fosters a culture where it's not like you're sort of competing against your peers and that there is an opportunity for everyone if, you know, they sort of see a fit with a and and vice versa. As for the criteria, we are looking for potential and you will develop as you sort of go through your university career, the LPC, the GDL, your training contract. But I think there are some core things that we could observe during the scheme. So how you manage your time, there's normally a schedule given before. And we were talking about this earlier, sort of getting there early before sessions. How you organise yourself, that can be how you respond to emails, how you conduct yourself at events, how you build a rapport or receive feedback from your trainer. Proactivity isn't one as such, but definitely demonstrating that drive, commitment and interest is really key because that will convince us, you know, that this is the sort of career you would be committed to. And you know that like by completing the tasks, that sort of suggests that you find this line of work interesting. Josh alluded to like interpersonal skills and collaboration, so how you work with others and even there, you sort of sensed when the partners are less busy or when best to approach people. So this is all about emotional intelligence as well and how you gauge situations. And we will also look at the assessments we talked about, such as the written assessment, whatever task we might have set for that particular scheme. We normally have a presentation, so we'd look at how you present yourself and come across, but that's normally in a team, so that would be how you worked with them as well. And the written assessment, as Charlotte said, it's not necessarily about acing it. That's quite like the case study. It's more about how you tackle it. Do you give up or do you persevere and work your way through it? You can tell people who've put a lot of time and effort into it. And are you receptive to feedback? Perhaps you didn't hit some of the points, but do you sort of understand potentially why not? Because that's sort of how a trainer would work through a piece of work with you. They would potentially be like, you know, X, Y and Z looks good, but I'm not sure you've considered this. And then are you able to take on board that feedback for next time? Or are you able to understand that? Um, if they sort of talk through it with you about why potentially you could have considered that thing. So it's not necessarily about getting it 100% perfect. And then there's other factors, you know, like, do you submit the assessment on time? So all these like impression management pieces as well as so sort of how you come across as an individual in control of your workload able to adapt because you know someone might ask can you do this piece of work and you know you've got that assignment to do and how do you handle that conversation and manage your workload 
when there's sort of additional things coming in so so, so there's lots of things to look at in a nutshell. <laughs> everything, everything. <laughs> it's a two-week assessment, which I think is a bit of a teaser because the training contract is a two-year assessment. So that's nothing. But we have talked about how to do well on the vacation scheme, how to do the best that you can to get that training contract. But sometimes you don't. So what advice do you have for vacation schemers who don't receive a training contract offer. Josh, do you want to start on this one? Sure. I think the first thing that's really important is to not take it super personally because the people judging you are only having a very small snapshot of who you are. You know, they only see you for a couple of weeks and it's really kind of important not to get too down on yourself and not give up if you think you've not failed because it's certainly not a failure but not converted first attempt in learning exactly fail tends to stand for exactly (laughs) so so yeah i think firstly you just have to work out and it's it's really useful to kind of discuss this with grad recruitment or your trainer whoever makes the decisions what it was that was a roadblock to you converting and you should use that as a really good learning curve to take into your next scheme or the next time you have an opportunity you should always be learning and these schemes certainly aren't a waste because even if it doesn't feel like you've received anything out of it you're certainly going to have absorbed so much that it will be really useful in the future and definitely don't give up because that sometimes it can take a really long time to get a training contract it's super competitive but it definitely is possible and if you're willing to put in the hard work and carry on i'm sure everyone will be able to get one, get onto another scheme and then convert from learning from their past actions and then converting that into future performance. Charlotte, from your point of view, what advice do you have for people who have done a vacation scheme but have not ended up with a training contract offer? I would say making a little table is really useful. So if you can manage to get feedback on why you didn't succeed this time, just write down the feedback that you were given and then next to each one, come up with an action point for your next application. Because I think, as I'm sure I covered on previous podcasts, it's kind of quality over quantity when it comes to the application. So if you can really address those few points why you didn't do well, and it might be, I don't know, get some work experience somewhere to get more commercial awareness, something that can give you a bit more of an edge or address some of those problems, then you could probably be successful next time. And I would say also just try not to beat yourself up about it. I was about to turn 24 when I got my offer. So I came to it quite late. And I think there's a lot of pressure to kind of think if you haven't got a training contract offer by the time you're like 21 or you're leaving university, you'll never make it. But that's definitely not the case. And you can do some really interesting things in the meantime to kind of build up your CV and show a kind of variedness to your character that sets you apart and come back to it later. And you could do really well. So yeah, just be resilient and keep going. Yeah, I mean, I actually didn't get my training contract offer from a vacation scheme. I did do vacation schemes, but I didn't end up with a training contract offer. And what I did was exactly that. I just talked to the people that I worked with, took the feedback on board, did a bit more work experience. And then I used all of that for in my new applications. And then I was successful, fortunately. So I think everything you've said is incredibly helpful. And the most important element is, as Josh mentioned in particular, 
the two weeks are just a snapshot. They are not everything that you are. And maybe in those two weeks, you're a bit nervous and you didn't put forward, let's say, your most genuine self. So many times it's also just an iterative process, just getting used to that environment, getting used to being in a law firm and getting over that nervousness which sometimes takes more than one vacation scheme to do. And now just to move on to the fun or the bit that's more fun or more relaxed in the episode, the two truths and a lie. Josh? Okay, so my three statements are, uh, I'm colorblind, I'm a black belt in karate, and I collect vintage vinyl records. So, Josh, my first question is, what's the belt before black and karate? Wow, that's a tough one. You're setting my mind back, Emma. It's it's like brown (laughs) with a stripe, a white stripe. Charlotte, what do you think? You've known Josh as the vacation scheme. Can you shed some light on... (laughs) I think it's cheating a bit because I think there is one that I know is true for sure. Which one is that? He's colorblind. So okay, I so think that one, is, that one is cheesy, but I might have to go for the third one. I'm not sure. I can't see him collecting vinyls. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> why, why is that? <laughs> I don't know, actually. And he seemed pretty sure about the karate belt and sometime might have passed since he got it. So, yeah, let's go for he doesn't collect. Okay, Josh, we think you don't collect vinyls. I don't, but it would be cool if I did, right? I like that's quite a cool person <laughs> thing to do. Uh, maybe I'm I'm going to start now after this podcast to try and improve my image because Charlotte clearly thinks of me as a bit of a loser over there. <laughs> I don't know if a loser, but definitely not as cool as a vinyl collector. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm sure that our listeners have found this episode incredibly helpful. So thank you all. Thanks very much, Bianca. Don't forget to tune in for our next and unfortunately final episode this season, where we will explore how to become a new type of partner with Shruti Adjitsarya, our advanced delivery partner and head of Fuse, the tech innovation space at ANO. Thank you all for listening and don't forget to check out our social media and graduate recruitment website.